Welcome to Leading Lights. You are about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. Valentine's Day is that time of the year when people think about love, dating, and romance. It's becoming a big issue as far as the shops and the merchandising goes. But God cares very much about romance and dating and love. And so this is an opportunity for us to look at some of what the Bible says. And I want to use the great hero of the Bible, Samson, as an example of some of the things that we should do, but most of the things that we should not do. Samson was born to godly parents. We see in Judges chapter 13 that his father Manoah and his mother were visited by an angel called Wonderful, who said that they were going to have a son and he was going to be anointed by the Lord and used by the Lord. They were worshiping people. They had been trying to have children and had failed and miraculously God gave them the son and they were worshipers. At the end of chapter 13, they're speaking to this angel, they're worshiping, they're making sacrifices to God and the angel merges with the smoke of the fire and the sacrifice and goes up to God uh, just showing how God's presence is linked in with our worship and our service. And, and it's just a picture of a family that worships, that loves, that prays, that obeys, and that trusts God. Let me read you just a few verses. I don't have the time to read all of Judges 13 to 16, but I'll read you just a few verses. Chapter 13, verse 24. So the woman bore a son and called his name Samson, and the child grew, and the Lord blessed him. And the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon him at Mahanedan between Zorah and Eshtaol. And we see this amazing picture of a son being born into a godly family. Now, I have to warn you that the story goes downhill from here. Samson becomes a rebellious boy. He has a will of his own. He has sexual appetites that are, are out of control. He doesn't listen to people. And God still keeps using him and anointing him and blessing him, even though he turns away from God again and again and again. Now, there were three main things that the angels said to Samson's mother when she was about to conceive him. He said, he must be a Nazarite, which means he mustn't go near wine or even grapes. He must stay away from alcoholic things and even from grapes. He mustn't go near dead bodies, nowhere near anything dead. And thirdly, he must never cut his hair. And so as Samson grew, he obeyed these rules. You know what it's like in a Christian family when the child is small, the parents tell them you will do this, this and this. And Samson obeyed up until the age of, I'm guessing, 18 or 20, he obeyed. But then he started to go his own way. But because he obeyed, God was blessing him because his parents prayed and dedicated themselves and him to the Lord. The blessing of God was over that whole family. And so we see a story of a man sinning a lot. He is uh, having all sorts of sexual relationships. He is killing people. He is breaking his Nazarite vow in some places. We're going to see he went near vineyards. He went near dead bodies. But the one thing he didn't do is he didn't cut his hair 
And so his hair grew long and he braided it into seven braids or, or seven uh, long plaits. And that was the mark of him. Let me just read on and then I'll, I'll come back and make a few points about this. In Judges 14 and verse 1, it says, Now Samson went down to Timnah and saw a woman in Timnah of the daughters of the Philistines. So he went up and told his father and mother, saying, I have seen a woman in Timnah of the daughter of, daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me as a wife. Then his father and mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren? Or among all my people, that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines. And Samson said to his father, Get her for me, for she pleases me well. Now we see here where Samson grows to an age where he starts exerting his own will. Have you ever thought of the time lag blessing of God? Have you ever thought about this? You know, there's a verse in, in Deuteronomy where God says that the sins of the fathers affect the third and the fourth generation, but the blessings of God go down for thousands of generations. There is a time lag to curses and to blessings. When people sin against the Lord and bring all sorts of destruction upon themselves, it visits their family going down. But when God's blessing comes on a family, Manoah and his wife, they're worshiping the Lord. They're making sacrifices. The smoke is going up. God's presence is with them. That blessing remains upon their family and even upon Samson later on into his life. And so we see that the, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. And even though he rebels, you say to me, Greg, why was he rebelling? Well, the Bible clearly says, God had clearly said that you must worship God and your spouse must worship God. He said you mustn't get spouses from all these other tribes because they worship foreign gods, which are not gods at all. And they will lead you astray to worshiping these other idols like Dagon and Baal and all these various other ones. And we see that that happened a lot in the Bible where they were enticed away through intermarriage to worship other gods. Deuteronomy 7 verse 3 makes it clear that they were supposed to marry within God's family because there are spiritual aspects to marriage. Did you know it's not just the union of a body and a body marriage? No, no. There's more. There's a, a union of a mind and emotions and personality as well as a body. And those must be aligned. But even deeper, there is a merging of spirits. The book of Malachi says, Why has God made them one? In spirit they are one, so that their children will be blessed. God merges spirits. In 1 Corinthians 7, it says, Even an unbelieving spouse is blessed by the believing spouse, and their children are blessed because there's a spiritual element. So God can bless it, but He says, It's not my first prize. And we see here that Samson went outside of God's plan. It says in verse 4 of Judges 14, But his father and mother did not know that it was of the Lord, for he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. For at that time the Philistines had dominion over Israel. So even though Samson went outside of God's plan, God used it for good. Can I just make a point here about going outside of God's will? 
you know, God's plan for you, my friend, is good, perfect, and pleasing. That's what Romans 12 tells me. God's plan, His purposes, His will that He has written in a book for you before you were even born, that He's planned for you. His plans are good. That means they're, they're not harmful. They are pleasing. That means they bring you joy and pleasure. And they are perfect. That means you couldn't improve on them. And when God says He wants you to find a spouse who is another believer, it's He, he is trying to bless you and keep you from harm and from perhaps going astray and away from Him. His plans are good, pleasing, and perfect. And when we sin, God is unhappy, but He can redeem. He can forgive. He can even use it for good when we put it back in His hands. You know, that, that verse that says, God works all things together for good to those who love Him, is the most amazing and interesting verse. Because yes, He works all things for good for those who love Him. But even our sin, when we bring it back to Him, when we're called according to His purpose, when we love Him and we say, Lord, I've chosen a wrong path, He can turn it for good. Now, some people will say to me, well, why avoid sinning then? <laughs> why even try to do good? And the reason is because, yes, He turns it for good, but He has got an eternal perspective in mind. And He will turn it for some good here on earth in time and space while we're living on earth. Yes, there will be some good. But the main good that He turns it for is for eternal salvation, for being with Him in heaven forever. And so when I sin, yes, if I bring it back to God, He forgives, He worship, He, he, he allows my worship to bring it back into His plan. But there is pain for me on this earth. And even though in the larger scheme of things it is for good, here on earth it is better to obey than to rely on sacrifice. It is better to obey. You know, repenting and for receiving forgiveness is a wonderful gift, but it would have been better if we had never sinned in the first place. And I've seen in my own life and many other people where people have gone off God's path, God can restore but the pain that they've endured because they went their own way wasn't worth it. And we see it here for Samson. God was using him. Let me just show you a little bit of these amazing feats that God was, was doing in his life. So he went down to Timnah. He married this lady. Uh, and while he was going down there, he, he came upon some vineyards. Let me read it to you. So Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother, and came to the vineyards of Timna. Remember, he's not supposed to go near wine. Now, to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him, and the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat, though he had nothing in his hand. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. So he's not with his mom and dad. A lion comes. God's Spirit comes upon him, even though he's going to marry the wrong person and he's in the wrong place. God's spirit comes upon him. He tears the line apart. Then he went down and talked with the woman and she pleased Samson well. After some time, when he returned to get her, he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion. Remember, he's not supposed to go near dead, dead bodies. And behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of the lion. He took some of it in his hands and went along eating. When he came to his father and mother, he gave some to them, and they also ate. 
but he did not tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion because his mum would never have eaten it otherwise. She was a devout Nazarite. Um, then he goes down to the feast to get married to this lady and he tells them a riddle. He says, if you can, they, they said, you've got to give us 30 suits of clothing as, as a bride price. And he says, if you can tell me this, the meaning of this riddle, then I'll do it for you. And his riddle was, out of the eater came something to eat and out of the strong came something sweet. And his new wife, went to him her countrymen had said oh we're gonna to have to pay all these 30 suits of clothing you need to get him to tell us what this riddle means and she prevailed upon him and nagged him and coerced him and somehow got him to tell her the meaning of the riddle and so he had to pay the 30 suits of clothing he had a great victory in battle to get the 30 suits of clothing and this continued in his life. He had great feats of strength coming upon him. It says the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him again and again and again. The same thing. Uh, God is gracious. God is blessing him even though he is not fervently and honestly following the Lord. Now because of this disaster when he realized that his new wife had betrayed him, he left her and he went back quite a time later and found she'd married somebody else and he was so angry and there was another great massacre and just with a, a bone, a jawbone of a, of a donkey, he killed a thousand Philistines and the power of the Lord was upon him, achieving God's purposes, but God was not happy with him. I just want to say that just because God's grace is upon you, just because you get away with sinning, just because he makes up for your sin and just because the blessing of perhaps your parents or other people's prayers uh, or just God's mercy is upon you doesn't mean you're doing the right thing. And, you know, there is a limit to how much we can stray away from the Lord before it just becomes too much. It damages us or it damages our relationship with God. And I would just encourage you, you know, I used to play rugby and one of the, the things about rugby is you're running to get to a line with a ball, but there is a team of 15 people trying to stop you with their bodies. And what I discovered after several bruises and several years of playing rugby is that if I jog along with the ball, they will stop me every time. I'm an easy target. But if I run as fast as I possibly can, and push as hard as I can and ignore any fear of pain or any damage, I will usually get through. And it's the same with God. If we are running full steam ahead, running with purpose, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author of our faith, not looking at other people or other things around us, if we are running full steam, we will get through. But there is an enemy, a roaring lion who's trying to devour us. And if we're jogging along in our Christian life, just playing a little bit of the world, a little bit of God. We are easy targets for him to tempt us and to damage us. And that's what happened to Samson. So he then met a lady called Delilah. Let's go forward to chapter 60. Now Samson went to Gaza and saw a harlot there and he went into her. Then the Gazites were told, Samson has come here. They surrounded the place and lay in wait for him all night at the gate of the city. They were quiet all night, saying, In the morning, when it is daylight, we will kill him. And Samson lay low till midnight. Then he arose at midnight, took hold of the doors of the gate of the city, and the two gateposts, pulled them up, bar and all, 
put them on his shoulders and carried them to the top of the hill that faces Hebron. So he's, he's even seeing prostitutes. Verse 4. Afterward it happened that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was Delilah. And the lords of the Philistines came to her and said, Entice him and find out where his great strength lies, and by what means we may overpower him, that we may bind him to afflict him. And every one of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me where your great strength lies, and with and with what you may be bound to afflict you. And Samson said to her, If they bind me with seven fresh bowstrings, not yet dried, then I shall become weak and be like any other man. And so they came in and they did that, and he was able to overcome them. And this happened again and again, where Delilah, this lady... Let me, let me just give you an insight into this relationship. Samson is, is a broken and lost man. He serves the Lord. He knows that his power comes from God, but he is not living for God at all. He is seeing prostitutes. He's now living with a woman who's not his wife of the Philistines. They worship other gods, and she is not committed to him. She just wants to get the money from her countrymen. She is on their side and not his side. She's deceiving him. Every day she's coming to him and saying, how do you get your strength? And he's lying to her. And then the, the Philistines come in and he, and he shows that she told them his, his lie. And this happens again and again and again. He's in a terrible situation. Not a happy man. Not a happy man. I wouldn't be surprised if he was drinking a lot of wine and getting drunk as well. Not in a good place. And you see how the mighty have fallen. Uh, how, how God's grace has been taken in vain and Samson has lost his way. My friend, I wonder if you are like that. Maybe not in this exact circumstance like Samson was, but perhaps you feel you've blown it. You've blown it in relationships. You've blown it sexually. You've blown it in ministry, in morals. Perhaps you're addicted to something. Uh, whatever it is, I want to show you that God can restore. God can bring you back. And so this continued again and again and again until eventually Samson told her the truth. He said, if you cut my hair, then I'll lose my strength. It was strange that this one last little thing, you know, God is always looking for a reason and an excuse to bless you. And for Samson, he said, I will bless you as long as you don't cut your hair. You've broken all these other rules and you've wandered far from me. But as long as you don't cut your hair, I don't think that being good brings God's blessing, but I do believe that God is looking for a reason to restore and to bless us. And so let's go to the end of the story in verse 21. So eventually the Philistines did take his strength. They cut his hair and it says, Then the Philistines took him and put out his eyes and brought him down to Gaza. They bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder in the prison. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. You see, God's mercy never stops working. As long as you still have breath in your body, God is trying to woo you back. Friend, you've never gone too far. Samson had his eyes put out. He was suffering. He was in the enemy camp as a prisoner, bound and chained. But God was working to try and woo him back. Uh, verse 23, Now the lords of the Philistines gathered together to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon their God and to rejoice. And they said, Our God has delivered into our hands, hands Samson our enemy. When the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, Our God has delivered into our hands our enemy, the destroyer of our land and the one who multiplied our dead. 
So it happened when their hearts were merry that they said, Call for Samson, that he may perform for us. You know, the devil likes us to, to be on the end of his string. And he says, Sin and we sin. But God is still working. God is still speaking to you. So they called for Samson from the prison and he performed for them. And they stationed him between the pillars. Then Samson said to the lad who held him by the hand, Let me feel the pillars which support the temple so that I can lean on them. Now the temple was full of men and women, and the lords of the Philistines were there, about 3,000 of them. Then Samson called to the Lord, saying, O Lord God, remember me, I pray. Strengthen me, I pray, just this once, O God, that I may with one blow take vengeance on the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two middle pillars which supported the temple, and he braced himself against them, one on his right and the other on his left. Then Samson said, Let me die with the Philistines. And he pushed with all his might, and the temple fell on the lords and all the people who were in it. So the dead that he killed at his death were more than he had killed in his life. Friends, if you cry out to God, no matter what situation you're in, He will hear you, He will come in, He will forgive you, He will strengthen you, and He will give you victory. And He can give you greater victory than you had before. God is gracious. God is merciful. Samson was willing, this is the key to this, Samson was willing at the end of his life to die to himself. That's it. He just said, now I've tried it my own way. I've tried my own plan and it's not good. It's not perfect. It's not pleasing. But now I'm trying God's and God says, I will flood in. As long as you're willing to give up your life for me, I will flood in and forgive you. Can I just make a few points about dating and romance and Valentine's Day? Number one, your parents and people around you often know well and know better. Rely on people who you trust, not hundreds of people, but a small group of people who you trust, either in your family or in your church, to help you and to guide you into finding good friend friendships and relationships. Secondly, when we date, we need to find somebody who is of the Lord because a merging of bodies and even minds and personalities is not enough. God wants us to merge our spirits with our spouse. And he says, do not be joined together. Do not be yoked with an unbeliever. It is clear from his word. Do not do it. Do not do it. Have friendships among Christians and then choose the right person. And be careful of dating lots of people because it'll hurt you in the long run. It's just a ripping apart of your heart every time you break up with the next person. Thirdly, we need to look for not the biggest, hulkiest guy or the most beautiful girl. We need to look for someone who is living for something bigger and who has God's spirit within them because that is the greatest and most attractive thing. You know, there is a need for us to get on well, to, to merge our personality with someone else, to be attracted physically to them. Yes, all of those are true. But by far the most important thing is do they love God and are they going in the same direction as you spiritually? You know, Samson wasn't a strong man physically. We often see posters of him or movies of him as being hugely muscled. But why do you think the Philistines would have had to say to Delilah, what is the secret of his strength if he was muscular? They wouldn't have had to ask that because it would have been obvious. He was not a muscular man. He had nothing in himself that looked amazing 
Um, but it was God in him that was great. It was only God's spirit in him that enabled him to do these great things. Friends, you can find the biggest physical human being and marry them. But if their spirit is small, you will be unhappy. You could find the most beautiful woman and marry her. But if her spirit is not strong in the Lord, you will be unhappy. Choose the things that are really strong, really important, really beautiful. And that is an inward character filled with the spirit of God who is serving God. Amen. And then lastly, I just want to say there is mercy and there is forgiveness. And even for you and me today, God says, I can turn it around. I can restore the year the locust has eaten. Yes, you may have sinned. Admit it to God right now. Ask him for his forgiveness. And who knows, the latter years of your life could be greater than the former. God can do amazing things for you. Pray this prayer with me. Lord God, I am sorry that I have sinned and that I have gone off track. I've done things my own way, Lord, many, many times. Lord, I may have even chosen the wrong relationships and the wrong people, and I have sinned again and again, and I am sorry. Lord, I'm willing to lay down my plans and to take your plans. And I ask you now for your forgiveness, for your grace, that you would flood in again, Lord, with your mercy and with your power, that you would make me brand new and that you would help me to make good choices from here. In Jesus' name, amen. Friend, the Bible says, if you have married someone who is not a believer, don't leave them. Serve God with all your heart. If they want to leave, that's their business, but you stay with them and love them and show Christ to them. Bring up your children in prayer and worship, and you'll see God's blessing upon them. And let's trust God that our relationships and dating and romance amongst our Christian family is better than what the world shows us it can be. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.